Oh, baby, baby we, we hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. A doo 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 doo, a doo wow, they're calling again. Ha, all over this town. Welcome to <laughs> We're Not, Not Listening. Listening, the Frasier Recap and Advice Podcast from Molly Shea and me, Nick Francomano. Welcome to the pod, all you listeners out there. Welcome to all our new listeners from the R Frazier subreddit. And from me being creepy on Instagram and liking your posts. That's right. We've gone out. We've hunted you down. We've, we're building the audience that we need to spread our message of Frasier. Today, we're talking about the fifth episode in the first season of the landmark sitcom Frasier. What is this episode called? What is this episode called? Here's looking at you because oh. this episode is all about peeping, telescope peeping, and its consequences. Yeah. Well, or its delights. Yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess that's that's what we'll have to get into right now. The episode starts off, it goes right in, begins in media res, so to speak. In the Frasier studio, Frasier's got a caller on the line, and this conversation that he's having with the caller, I think this is really the first time that it's really explicitly thematically linked to what the rest of the show is going to be about, because the caller is calling in, he's saying that his mother is driving him crazy, his elderly mother has no social life, and Frasier realizes that he has exactly the same problem with his father. But in the meantime, this is getting into what we've been talking about on the show, what I've been talking about on the show on this the world's most controversial Frasier recap podcast like having the theme of his show match the theme of the show no I mean the guy calls Frasier a, a, a what does he call him he calls him a pinhead intellectual because Frasier corrects him about using the word literally and figuratively well the guy literally uses the word literally wrong I guess figuratively speaking also yeah, I feel like I've had this exchange with you many times. Yes. <laughs> well, Frasier, you know. I feel like I've said stuff and you've been like, well, actually. <laughs> you know, I am similar to Frasier in many ways, but I don't think that I, I've actually done this where I've, um, what was it? I was working on a movie once and. Is it yeah. your movie? Well, you yeah, don't want to plug it. I don't. I plug don't. It. I don't want to plug it. I don't want to plug it. But I was. We, we were working on it. We were working on a little motion picture by the name of Zombies versus Strippers, and there's a guy in the movie. He plays the chief of the the biker gang that saves some of the strippers from the zombies. Or I, I believe that's how it goes. And as uh, the screenwriter, you yeah, don't remember. <laughs> Really convoluted yeah. script. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, just a really a lot to dig into, a lot to dive into. But I remember we were doing a table read, and the quality really showed was, you know, <laughs> that we took the time to do that really paid off. But we were doing a table read, and the guy I can't remember what was the word. The word emeritus comes into it, and the guy was saying emeritus wrong, saying emeritus. And That's I funnier though. Well, it is. It is funnier <laughs> now with the hindsight of maturity. I know it's funnier, but I corrected him afterwards, and I tried to be like cool about it. Uh, but I felt 
he made me correctly he made me feel like a real idiot for having done so he kind of gave me the treatment that this caller gives Frazier in the episode oh god well he I mean you could imagine how the old was he this is a guy probably in his early 50s but a guy who had lived sort of a you know lived he was like probably a bodybuilder and you know the kind of guy who could play a biker gangster in a B horror movie okay yeah so anyway, that's my little fun story about my life. Uh, you know, listen, this show is about Frasier, but also about other things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why we keep people engaged because it's about, it's going to be less and less about Frasier over time, I feel like. Well, like any podcast, it's about letting the people listening to it, letting the lonely, desperate weirdos out there listening to those the show. Those looky-loos, those peeping toms. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like you're peeping on our lives, you know? Now you got something for yourself to look at, so you don't have to look into the, you Windows know, of other people illegally. Well, or, I mean, into your own... Psyche. Soul, yeah. Yeah. Well, going back to the episode... Um, uh, Frazier is also corrected once again because he talks to Roz in the studio about how Martin basically stays at home all day long and he makes the assumption that Roz's mother is just like staying at home and not doing anything and Roz is like no she's the attorney, attorney general yeah of we find out that Wisconsin? Roz's mother is the state AG of Wisconsin which is like a big job yeah like you know and she's got active like activities. Yeah, she does archaeology. She's on an archaeological dig in Honduras, all this stuff. And I feel like, you know, this kind of adds a layer of complexity to Roz. I don't know if it ever comes back that Roz oh, it does. is the state AG. It does? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's like, you know, my mother's a lawyer. And I definitely feel like, you know, sometimes when I can't sleep at night, I wonder... Should I have gone to law school to get my worthless life on track? And I wonder if Roz doesn't think that sometimes. Hmm. I mean, I don't think her life's worthless. No, Roz is doing much better than me. That's I for wasn't sure. going to yeah. say it, yeah. but <laughs> Roz, Roz is, is doing better than me, too. <laughs> Roz, has got it, Roz has got it going on. I mean, Absolutely. she can afford to be a, a sloppy uh, radio producer. Yeah. Well, she can, you know, this is kind of... A, an artifact of when Frasier takes place, too, is that, you know, people's lives were so much less precarious in the 1990s. Or I don't know, you know, I don't want to say that I'm, you know, precarious or struggling or anything like that, but I mean, just that people could really coast in their jobs a lot more than now. Yeah. You could really phone it in a lot harder. Oh, yeah. In those days. You were, you know, like, there was no monster.com. It was a lot harder to replace you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a whisper is all it takes to upset yeah. the balance. Upset the apple cart. So then we go back to Fraser's home, and he has bought a little surprise gift for Martin. And I, I wonder what possesses you to get this kind of gift, where he buys his father a telescope? My dad bought my mom a telescope for her birthday recently. Is this, is it? Oh, but, but they don't live the in the stars. Yeah, they don't live in the city. They don't. They don't have anyone they could be peeping on with it. It must be just like a rear window activity situation. Because as Fraser's setting up the telescope, it really seems like it's for him. It really seems like it's for him. Because what is there's like a weird joke. There's like Fraser's kind of creeping me out in this scene. Yeah, where 
it's oh he he quotes the beginning of the movie Naked City. He goes, "There's eight million stories of the Naked City." But then he says, "Let's see if we can find one." He's, he's scanning the building across from him for nudies. Yeah, for people peeping. Yeah, and, I think at one point in time someone says, "Let's find a naked one." It might be Martin, but you know. I, yeah, and it's like Frazier is he's got the telescope trained on a mirror in someone's living room because the mirror can see into their bedroom, which is like high level peeping. Have you ever done this? Have I ever peeped? Like through a telescope. Through a telescope? In an industrial area. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not on this podcast to incriminate myself. That's you, I'm trying to think if I have. But I've never, no, I've never peeped. I've binoculard. I've never peeped through a telescope or through binoculars into anyone's home. I've binoculared. You know, I may have seen things that I could not have avoided seeing. Remember when we went to that weird New Year's party at 1100 Wilshire or whatever? That that clicking noise is my dog's feet. Um, Were you at that New Year's party? I don't think I was. Who did you see? Where did you you peep? Maybe I went with Jared. Uh, It was just like a fancy. A fancy apartment. I feel like I probably would have looked in binoculars in that place just because there's all these other buildings around. Oh, so you didn't peep from the party? Not from the party, but on another occasion when I was there, I think. I also would peep uh, from my dorm in Chicago because it was in a high-rise building, so you could look into people's rooms and stuff. My college dorm, I was overlooking the dumpster from the cafeteria, so that was not great peeping. Yeah, I mean, not from my room, but from our activity area, you could look in, like, you know, lawyers about to jump out of the building kind of vibe. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is part of the reason I didn't go to law school is that a lot of these lawyers are really close to the edge yeah. all the time yeah yeah I'm, i've learned that a lot from our, f- our fun trivia friends <laughs> <laughs> shout out to all of you counselors no you made the right choice you made the right choice trust me you did <laughs> but um so like martin's jazzed to get this telescope well i like that martin comes out and he says he catches fraser peeping and he's like i used to arrest people for doing that because it, it kind of plays into the way that I like to imagine Martin, which is as a character from a James Elroy novel. That Martin's, I like to think that Martin's career on the force was a lot more disturbing and messed up than what we find out about Martin on the show. Like the snippets of his life in the police, you know, that we do get on the show are already pretty disturbing. But I like to think about, you know, Martin Crane on Peeper Patrol. And that would mean a better texture against, like, Frazier, who does not have these hardened experiences. Well, Frazier doesn't have it in him to get in trouble because the second that he sees that somebody's looking back at them through the telescope, Frazier runs away like a like a little girl. I mean, I don't even know. Probably worse than a little girl. I know. Many little girls are will, tough. Well, they'll get into trouble quite shamelessly. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will. Can we pause for a second and talk about Frazier's beautiful robe? Uh, this is a good robe I episode. gave this robe a 10 out of 10 this is a it's a black and cream or it's like cream yellow with it's black striped. stripes yeah it looks real nice it looks really good and his hair is just like pour, 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 spilling over it's a beautiful it's robe. a top top robe but anyway what this episode is about and this episode is paced kind of weird because again like a lot of these it, it doesn't have a b story really sort of i mean it i guess mm-hmm. it does with niles and aunt patrice which we'll get into but 
it takes kind of a good five or six minutes in the episode and now 12 and a half minutes into the podcast to get going. Yeah. Uh, where Martin starts having a telescope correspondence like in the Zack Snyder version of Day of the Dead. Uh, he's, uh, or Dawn of the Dead, the one where they're in the mall. Oh. Uh, and so they're like- I don't remember that. Well, it's a weird point of comparison, but it's kind of the only thing I can think of where it's people look at each other through telescopes and they- They write out. And they write out their messages to each other. But we find, I mean, Martin and Irene is the lady's name across the way. They get into, uh, they get into a serious correspondence. And, uh, I would like- I like the face that Fraser makes quite a bit in this episode where he looks like he's like holding an egg in his mouth in like a <laughs> kind of way. Oh, well, because I think Fraser, you know, and this comes up later on in the episode where Martin's about to go out on a date, but Fraser is really treating Martin like he's his son. And in fact, yeah. we do, you know, they have Fraser on the phone with Freddie in this episode. I don't know when that part comes in, um, but it's like, you know, we get to see that Frazier doesn't, and this isn't addressed explicitly, but I think it's nice, it's subtle how it's done, that Frazier is kind of, has this need to be a father that he doesn't get to carry out. He, so he phones it in. He literally phones it in with the boy, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It is kind of, well, I thought, I like that scene though, because you find out that little Frederick Crane has nightmares about Strom Thurmond. Yeah, the, uh, I don't even know who that is. Strom Thurmond was, head. I believe, the longest serving senator in history by the time that he died. And he was known for being a Dixiecrat, a Southern Democrat who later became a Republican. Uh, and he like he ran for president as a segregationist in the forties. Uh, well, he, yeah, a... he has a black daughter, or he, you know, who's like so that's oh. obviously. Um so this is an interesting thing to have a nightmare about. Well, by the time this show would have come out, Strom Thurmond was also like the Crypt Keeper. Uh, he was, you know, scary in his late 80s or 90s by this point. He was like, you know, he looked like David Lopin, but like, <laughs> yeah, he Sorry. looked he looked like a racist Lopin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so something something kids could, you know, could be afraid of. And that's, you know, a little historical context for all of you listening at home who maybe weren't up to speed on the Thurmond sitch. Right. I definitely wasn't. I was hoping you would fill in all of those uh, points of cultural context. I'm, I mean, what am I here for? I'm glad I could be here. Um, and then, so from... You know, Martin's kind of elated to have his toy, and he starts talking to Irene. And then we go to the cafe, and we catch up with Niles for a little bit. Yes, well, we find out finally about Niles's wine club. Oh, Because yeah. this little segment is called the Forcas Fracas, because they do, apparently, the boys in Niles wine club. Niles is in a wine club, apparently with a bunch of other psychiatrists, and they are doing blind taste tests, and they switch out a bottle of Forcas for a bottle of Petrus, and the guy can't tell the difference, which, you know, to a wine head is probably a very embarrassing situation. I don't think I've ever drank I'm, either, I'm so I don't know. I'm glad you took extensive notes on this because I this went over my head. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, there's a couple big wine references in this that makes you think that, you know, I, we can only assume that there were some real heads on the writing staff at the time, some right. real, you know, some real enophiles. 
That's what you call someone who loves wine. It's an gross e- word. Enophile. I don't like it. It's O E N O file. Don't ask me to spell it, but mm. yeah. Swish and spit. Yeah, well, that's my least favorite part of the wine scene. That's my favorite part of the wine scene. The spit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've been to many of my performances. The last time. Yeah, too. that's true. The last time <laughs> I went wine tasting, I got blitzed. I've I never gone. I really want to go to Solvang. I was in, the last time I went wine tasting, I was in Baja, where it's really cheap to have a guy drive you around all day, so you can really- Get ripped? You could, yeah, you can really tie it on. Jeez. And if you go up to Napa, if you go up to wine country, it's like $1,000 to have a guy drive you around all day. That's yeah. terrible. You go to Baja, it's like also, 80 bucks. I feel like Napa has like really scary swinger vibe. Like older swinger vibes. Oh yeah, well all those swinger, all those swingers are the people who own the vineyards now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So they'll be like, "Come to our vineyard and stay for dessert," and you're like, "Little puke," and like, "No thank no, you." No, nobody's nobody's staying for dessert in those distressed. Somebody, jeans. I, I, someone has tried to swing with me once. An older couple has tried to swing with me once, but not, uh, not at a wine tasting. Was it at one of your mom's parties? No, it was at the. Uh, it was at the end of the race party for the Newport to Bermuda yacht race. Whoa. Yeah, it was an older Dutch couple who were sailing around the world. They were in town, coincidentally. And you didn't put your finger in that dike? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all our friends in Holland, the, the kingdom of the Netherlands. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Oh my gosh. I've wanted to say that joke for so long with the right context. Well, I just, you know, on on the record, it was you used the D word, not me, okay? Everybody, you know, everybody take it down a notch over there. Anyway, I don't know what I don't know what we're talking about. We're loosey goosey on this episode. This episode We're not doing it. We're doing a night recording. That's Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. This is uh this is we're not listening after hours. Yeah, we're 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 playing. This is the premium content <laughs> to buy through a paywall. Oh my god! No, if, if I bought this through a paywall, I'd want a refund. <laughs> now, all you people listening out there, if you tuned in because you wanted to hear about Frasier, and now you're hearing about yacht races and swingers. swingers, and I don't getting spit on in one of Molly's performances and whatever. You know, just remember, you're listening to this basically for free. <laughs> <laughs> so, going back to the wine, the wine uh, expose, I guess. Oh, were we talking about like a TV show or something? <laughs> I don't know. I'm really trying to loop us uh, back in. I'm trying to loop us back in. Oh, yeah. We find out that Niles has got his terrible aunt-in-law, Maris's. I guess it just turns out that all the women in Maris's family are completely unbearable. So Niles has to show Aunt Patrice around town, and he wants to set her up with Martin. But Aunt Patrice is so unbearable that we find out at the end of this scene where they're in the coffee shop that Niles has just had Aunt Patrice sitting out in the car with the window cracked while he's been having his cafe latte with Frasier. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is demented. Rude. But also funny. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think the one thing that we forgot to mention in the wine club thing is that basically in the tomfoolery of switching around those wines, uh, the person who was not able to tell the differences between the wines used to be the wine president. Right, and Niles becomes the president because he played this this joke on him and caused him to go home in tears, yeah. which is like the high-stakes world of wine tasting with Seattle psychiatrists. 
Yeah. And so do we go back to the apartment from here? From Yeah, we go back to the apartment, and let's see what's happening in that scene. Frazier's on the phone with Freddy. This is when Frazier's on the phone with Freddy about Strom Thurmond. And we find out also, fun note about Freddy's upbringing, is that Martin gave Freddy a toy gun for Christmas or his birthday or something, and Lilith smashed it with a croquet mallet. It's so beautiful. Because, yeah, I mean, there's people out there who they don't want. My brother is like this. They don't want their kids playing with little toy guns. And my brother, you know, doesn't have technology. I probably wouldn't let my kids play with guns. I mean, you know, if you had a rambunctious boy try to stop him. If you have a little goth uh, sourpuss like Freddy, maybe you could carry it off. Nah, I mean, I would be more inclined to give a girl a gun just because it's cool. No, I feel like 13 is an okay time to give a kid a real gun. Wow, so so <laughs> so old, so old. Why would you wait so long? You get, they have to watch a Christmas story first, and then no. they can have a firearm. No, a Christmas story is a BB gun. It's not a firearm. But it's a you know, it's, it's a, a cautionary d- tale. Oh, that you could shoot someone's eye out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you shoot someone in the eye with a real gun, or, even, a, even a child-sized or gun, it'll they could kill watch, them. we have to talk about Kevin, another cautionary tale. <laughs> I never saw that one. Is that the one where the yuppie parents have the school shooter son? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> real uplifting stuff. Real, real uplifting stuff. Here on We're Not Listening After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so basically... Frazier's phoning it in, and Martin has, like, paper everywhere from talking yes, to Irene. Yes, there's paper all over the floor because they've been keeping up this this sign-based telescope correspondence from one condo tower to another. And uh, Daphne's helping out writing all the signs, so she's, like, kind of the the really involved in this correspondence she knows what they're talking about yeah well daphne in this episode daphne proves herself to be the most wise person in the entire scene and we'll get to that it comes up at the end um but this is the scene where then niles despite being told not to bring the terrible aunt patrice over to the house to try to set her up with martin he does he drags his patrice over there and we get to finally see her on the show and she's terrible She's got awful. I mean, I don't think she was that bad. Oh, my God. I have, I might have relatives worse than Aunt Patrice. Uh, uh, I might have relatives worse than that, too. But, I mean, for, I think that Aunt Patrice is just kind of like a cougar. She's Well, she's from Washington, D.C. The show takes place right in the state of Washington. Aunt Patrice is from Washington, D.C., and she's supposed to be like kind of a Georgetown cocktail party socialite. So she trots out this thing. It's like she has this her own weird form of pig Latin. So mm. oh, so what happens is Patrice comes over, and then Niles and Daphne and Fraser leave them alone to be alone together, and they go out. Uh, and, and I think at this point in time, like Martin has kind of said that he doesn't maybe want to meet his telescope girlfriend yeah martin is martin is uh he won't say why he doesn't want to meet patrice but, but he doesn't or, or to meet or, irene yeah the lady from the telescope he won't say why he doesn't want to he meet like her, but has he has a phone call and kind of chokes and doesn't want to meet her yeah and so they try to set him up with patrice and then they come back out and patrice is speaking this made-up pig latin which i wanted to try to figure out how to do oh. to do it on the show what a girl! I had a guy in Nidigo had a guy to go spitigit, but it's not the same. 
So I think it's the G noises. It's, yeah, she, you of put it. a G in the middle of every syllable, and I'm not going to try to do it. I'm handy with languages, but I'm not going to try to do it for the pod. What? Because it's the G sound for every syllable. It's the G sound. I think in the middle of every syllable. The one part that I couldn't understand. Madali. I I don't know what you're saying. I Molly. Right. Oh well. Majali. Majali to Joe. Shajay. Well, there's a the best. I think the funniest line in the episode is when she tries to say George Stephanopoulos. That was funny because she's talking about the Washington scene uh, in the '90s. This is like how you know she's a real. This is the kind of people Frazier is hanging out with. You know, real Washington socialites. Like this is you know the real centers of american power at that time when there was still such a thing as a as the bipartisan consensus you know being able to get invited to a cocktail party at the home of some awful woman like this was a real like was how things really got done right in this country it was a get as are you doing it still no oh <laughs> <laughs> um so basically at one point in time uh, Niles is about to like get rid of Aunt Patrice and uh, she goes in to hug um, she Martin. goes to hug Martin and Martin like ducks away because Frazier deduces because Irene can see them through her telescope right and that Martin doesn't want to see you know or Martin doesn't want her to see him hugging another woman so Martin obviously was lying when he said that he didn't want to be with Irene and I thought it was which we kind of glossed over but you I mean you're keeping up with us at home right you can handle this people I mean watch the episode before listening to the podcast it's not going to be good it's a recap it's a recap and now we're all living it again together it's beautiful um but I I thought it was funny the line when um uh Patrice and Niles are leaving and Daphne says uh, oh, the poor thing. I feel sorry for the poor thing. And it's made to sound like it's on Patrice, but she means Niles. Yes. Yeah. Hilarious. A very... Uh, so basically, like... Sorry for jumping around so much, but Frasier catches Martin ducking out of the sight line. Yeah. And brings it up to Martin and Martin actually kind of does like a wise father move here. Uh, but this is where Martin is being sneaky because Martin yeah. lies about his dead wife. Yes. Martin lies that the reason he doesn't want to be with Irene is that she has the same middle name as his dead wife. And, and to cover the scent, even more so, Martin says, you're a good kid, Fraser. I don't tell you yeah. that too often. And it's, it's a master class in, you know, Martin Crane... Here's what you got to remember about him is he may have started out on the peeping Tom detail, but by the end of his career, he was a homicide detective. Literal murderers lied to him every day, and he learned the moves. Do you think... Uh... He, like, he lied to him. He threw him off the scent expertly. Like That was... I mean, that's some James Elroy level stuff there. Father and son did we watch manipulation. With uh, Russell, Russell Crowe. That's L.A. Confidential. That's a, based on a James Elroy novel. It's not based on Martin Crane. It's not based on Martin <laughs> Seattle Confidential with Martin Crane. You think Martin Crane is Russell Crowe or Guy Pierce? Russell Crowe. I think he's Guy Pierce because Guy Russell Crowe moves. To, Russell Crowe moves to Arizona to uh, give it to Kim Basinger. You Guy Pierce think, stays on the force, but he also gets injured, and you don't think 
Martin Crane would give it to Kim Basinger? Oh, maybe. So, like, you're saying, like, Martin Crane has, oh, Seattle's, or uh, Frazier's mom is Kim Basinger, is what you're saying. Yes. For the purposes of this analogy. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, I'm not not sorry. (laughs) Yeah, deal with it. Live with it. Um, So, basically, um, Martin's kind of like the cat that caught the canary after that interaction with Fraser and walks in the kitchen and Daphne's doing, you know, making some gross meal or something. And, um, and Daphne, this is, she's not using her psychic powers, but she sees right through him and she plays him the way a detective would play a murderer. Well, he, the way that he played Fraser. Yeah. She walks him into the freaking trap. And the way that she does this is she's like, Oh, Martin, uh, I was pretty sure that, you know, Irene's middle name was Marie, not Rose or something right. else. And because she was the one writing out all the messages. She was doing the, she was taking dictation on how to send this this correspondence back and forth. And then basically, um, like, Martin kind of confesses that he just didn't want to offend Fraser when he said that. Right. He was like, I had to tell Fraser something. And then Daphne gets it out of him that he's ashamed of his limp, right. ashamed to be seen with his cane. Because all the times that he was on the telescope with her, he hid his cane, you know, behind a column in the building. And this, Daphne, this is funny. Daphne tries to make him feel better about having a limp. By mentioning sexy limpers, but her her examples are Toulouse really Lautrec, and- Toulouse Lautrec, the consumptive dwarf of twenties Paris, and FDR, who was not even a limper, who was uh, you know, with polio in a wheelchair, so <laughs> you know, a roller. <laughs> well, I feel like, uh, and then the way that she kind of protects martin is like he's like well i didn't want to trip on my cane to mm-hmm. look at the telescope well this is how you work an informant yeah is you have to let them save face you have to let them know that you own them but let them save face yeah and then she was like yeah it's terrible when you the you can trip on your own cane there you know? oh my god Heavy. yeah she plays them very skillfully this is where this is like daphne's highest moment in the series so far i think yeah i think this is like also where you kind of find out that Maybe because she's not part of the blood family, she has a better insight and in the inner workings because she is outside observant. I buy that. I buy that example, or I buy that explanation. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that uh, the Fraser boys can be blind to their own uh, problems quite a bit. Oh, of course. Well, they even mention it back in the coffee shop scene. They're talking about how you know Niles is saying like how you know how could anyone ever understand what makes someone do something which is a funny thing for a psychiatrist oh, yeah. to say. And then he gets, he zings him back on Frazier, where Frazier's like, how could you tell anything about someone just off one phone call? <laughs> and it's like, that's, Ooh, you know, that's yeah. your whole job too, Frazier. And it's what we're going to be doing later on the show. So stick around. Yeah. And so I feel like uh, by the end of it, this is such a weird ending for me. It's very oh, modern. I, I love the ending of this. The ending of this is almost kind of noir or in it's a like way. A, contemporary play too yeah well it's the, so they finally can they convince martin to go out with irene and the episode ends well first fraser this is what i'm talking about where fraser has this need to be the father to his own father because before his date before irene shows up to meet martin you know 
Frazier is acting like an old timey dad, like don't stay out too late. You know, have you got yeah. your hanky with you? You know, and Daphne's they, like, if you get, if you go all the way, like close the curtains. Close the curtains, <laughs> right? Well, because well, that pays off though. But anyway, so the episode ends on Martin, you know, opening the door, literally and metaphorically, going back to the very beginning of the episode, literally opening the door. To Irene, but you never see Irene. You just you see, are Irene. You are Irene, which is whoa, blowing my in, mind. Invisible Irene, which also creates a different conspiracy for well, me. Well, this is like what you're talking about, where Maris is Niles' repressed homosexuality. So who is who is Irene? Maris. Irene. <laughs> <laughs> but also could be. His repressed sexuality, because David Hyde well, Pierce the, and David Hyde Pierce and John Mahoney were both gay. Yeah. So who is well, Bulldog? Well, David Hyde Pierce is still alive. Um, Invisible Beard. Is Bulldog was the actor who played Bulldog gay oh, too? Yeah. No, oh, I did not know. Yeah. He seemed so butch on the show. Yeah, I like him that way. <laughs> <laughs> Rough trade. <laughs> mask for mask. <laughs> All right, so we um. Well, the show. We, we so are this over is, now. Well, th- it's not quite over because the credits roll on. It looks like the date went well because the credits roll over. Frazier and Daphne stayed up, but they're asleep in the living room because Martin hasn't come home yet. And then it pans over, and this is great Spicy. work from Eddie, but also demented. That it looks like they didn't close the curtains because Eddie the dog is watching through the telescope, looking into Irene's apartment. Aww. So. You know, they're doing it in the living room. There's some geriatric hanky-panky going on with the dog watching from hundreds of yards away. One could say it's a limp biscuit. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. What? Isn't that about, like, jerking off onto a cookie? Uh, okay. That Well, that what you're thinking of is called awful waffle. But it's also and called it's a, a limp biscuit. It's like biscuit. a fraternity prank. Well, it's called that or it's called an ookie cookie. Okay. Where all the guys in the frat... Uh, jerk- I'm tying it back to him having a limp. What? Oh, okay. See, I <laughs> listen. If you don't know what it is, and you've just heard the beginning of the explanation, not this you know, use your use episode. your imagination. <laughs> you know, you, you know, people aren't innocent anymore. Okay, it's not the 40s. You yeah, know, they have you know. like things like the Sopranos and Weeds, and I don't know, HBO <laughs> now. <laughs> I, I don't know if you could show an ookie cookie on HBO even. Maybe on Euphoria. They're always doing messed up stuff on that show. Yeah. You're listening to the Euphoria podcast with <laughs> Nick and Molly. I've never I mean, I've never seen it, but I presume there's some you know, I presume there's some stuff like that on there. You know, teens. Teens in trouble. Just huffing stuff. Huffing and- glue and yeah, anyway, whatever. Let's get to the advice portion of the show. Now that you've learned a little bit more about me and Molly's lives tonight. <laughs> You'll be really excited to take advice from us. On line one, we have Serena. Serena, welcome to We're Not Listening. Hi there. Can you can you hear me? Are are you listening? Yeah. Well, well we're not, not but we but... can we can hear you perfectly. You're crystal clear. So oh, gosh. we're talking about peepers. We're talking about a peeping themed episode of the landmark sitcom Frasier, and it turns out that you have a kind of somewhat well hopefully not peeping themed problem what's going on yeah so so maybe it's a reverse peeping maybe maybe i'm hoping i'm being peeped on hoping i'm not being peeped on maybe but 
I I was checking the mail on Valentine's Day and uh, I received a big red envelope and it didn't have a return address um, and it uh, just said dear Serena uh, and then a little bit of religious uh, love and and then uh, from your secret admirer and a smiley face and oh I'm looking at a photo of the card here that you supplied to us it says uh, I, can I read it please do I don't have it memorized dear Serena yet. may you be surrounded with love today and always happy Valentine's Day from your secret admirer I'm gonna the handwriting of your secret admirer this is a woman's handwriting that's right? what my mother says this and, is I mean and there's a little green smiley face underneath it doesn't seem like when I looked at this text, I thought it looked like it was someone who was learning how to write in cursive. Write in cursive? Maybe they were writing in cursive with their left hand so they wouldn't be able to trace the trace the handwriting. Yeah. Also a possibility. So you think you got a secret admirer. And, and aren't you about to be married? Yeah. You're. So is this? do you think you're going to have somebody come up at the Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace part of the vows? Do you think someone's yeah, going mean, to speak up? Yeah, I mean, it's been one thing after another, right, with the pandemic and a split-second move, so it just seems like... Uh, the world this, is this out seems, to destroy this marriage. It's what it seems like, yes. <laughs> so it feels like you two against the world, or, and be honest now, because we're not going to use your last name, you know, do you think that you could be kind of... Uh, Carried off in a graduate situation. Oh yeah, are you gonna yeah. Be are you gonna are you gonna do a runaway bride? Are you gonna do a, a Julia Roberts? Only if my partner's theory about who this is is correct, which is that it's a grandmother on the south side of Chicago who has been watching me through our very large dining room windows and oh. wants to take care of me because I would be carried off by that person possibly. Oh, so, I see. It oh. could be like a sexy Annette Benning. There yeah. we go. As, well, so <laughs> why do you think this person wants to break up your marriage? Gosh, I mean, I think that's something that I'm calling you for advice about. If uh, and, and uh, why well, didn't why didn't Shane get one? I mean, I'm struck. I mean, I guess I could see where this you is could like be a creepy. very platonic yeah. sounding card. If you though. had got like a doll head in a box, or like a you know a dead bird on your doorstep, or like I don't, like, you know, that well, would be why worried. I'm, I'm sort I mean, of disappointed is... because it hasn't in in no way has it either. It, it has not evolved or escalated. It's just right. that, that was kind of the one-off. You didn't one get off. a bird box. You just got, you know. And that's, uh, is that the movie where she has to wear the blindfold in the rowboat? Yeah. What was that about? Who Finn knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I mean, it doesn't seem like, you know, and this is one of those things where I guess, you know, knock on know. wood, we could be wrong. It doesn't seem like anything's going to happen to you. Yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm kind of wondering why, why Shane didn't get one. And, like, is Shane trying to, like create intrigue and mystery within your own relationship by pretending to be a third Ugh. yes that's, that's, <laughs> that really is the strongest theory i have at the moment did shane sit on his hand and then write this card out for you has he been acting weird about it like is he paranoid now is it like Not eyes is it like eyes wide shut always acting weird yeah shane is weird do you think that if you if shane had got a secret Valentine, and it definitely seemed like it was from, like a hot woman or hot grandma. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, like, like if the roles were reversed, would you be like 
Well, how would you feel about this? Yeah, how card? would you feel about it? I mean, Shane and my mother text more than my mother and I text, but Whoa. I don't know how I would feel. The other way around, it seems like it's, you know, it's cruising for a bruising. But also, like... Like, everybody's after Serena, nobody's after Shane, it's and like, these are pseudonyms. My, my mind is just Blown. racing here, trying to keep up with all of these configurations. Maybe you should send Shane a secret admirer. Yeah, but you should, you should, make a, you make should send him uh, like a really like demented one. Yeah. You should send him one that's like, you should cut all the letters out of different magazines <laughs> and like glue them on and be like, don't marry Serena. There's still time Ooh. for us. <laughs> uh, and see how he see how he carries it. And that's my advice. Thank you for calling. What, what, We're what not listening. What magazines? What magazines would you like? What, what do like you mean? What magazines? Just any magazines that have letters in them. I think that you. I'm should... sorry that you've never sent a ransom note before. I can't hold your hand uh, through the whole should, thing here. You should. Um. Oh, we got a, another caller on the line, but you should definitely steal all of his schoolwork and cut them out from there. Oh yeah, there that's well, that's real so stalker stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got someone on the line, but thank you for calling us, Serena. And good luck. Right. I mean, I hope. I mean, I hope it's not really messed up and that this is going to seem really bad in hindsight. Yeah. Knock on wood. Uh, this is we're not listening. Bye. Bye bye. Hello. 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 <laughs> well. I just left you a message, Nick. You sound like such a nice man. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to We're Not Listening, the Frasier Recap and Advice Podcast. Who are we talking to? This is Crimpy Guy, and I hope you don't listen to my voicemail. I... Okay, well, now I'm going to have to. Okay, you're calling in to the show. We're talking about peepers, peeping, Frasier, sailing. All that kind of stuff. What's going on? Uh, what's going on? Well, a whole lot of nothing, but a whole lot. Because on my end, during this COVID situation, I've become a real expert internet sleuth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Who do you I could have told you. I could have told you Kim Ye, Kim Ye was done months and months ago, beginning of COVID. Beginning of COVID, Kimia was done. I could have told you that. Just based on reading between the lines. What, also, what, what, what hints did you have? Yeah, what was the giveaway for you? I got to tell you, you know, at a certain point, he just became her stylist. Uh -huh. Okay, so do you think that those rumors about him and Jeffree Star are true? Very compelling. Yeah, I thought so too. Okay. Very I compelling. And as an internet sleuth, you do have to have a file that is just very compelling. Okay, so what, so what you're saying here is that you don't think anybody's peeping on you, but that you've just been peeping on the world because you've been having too much internet time with the coronavirus. My, yes, my third eye is massive. So what What other... <laughs> you um, and Jeffree Star. What other... What should we be on the lookout for? What are your... your uh, yeah, guess... what are your predictions? All right, some more predictions. Tom Cruise is going to come out with, with another wife. He's going to have a wife. Soon. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's right. Watch Tom, all right? Do you think Watch it's for um, the ne next um, Mission Impossible uh, movie? He, yes, most likely. And he came close with that poor girl from Downton Abbey, that poor girl. Yeah, oh. he came close with her. They had a thing. I didn't even the know gentleman. about that. 
Yeah, oh yeah. During the gentleman that uh Guy Ritchie uh vehicle, you know. They had a thing. Oh really? Oh really. Well this yeah, is good. Did. This is very appropriate to we're not listening after dark. This is very Isn't loose. It? I'm not gonna lie, I mean, you know. Isn't it? Yeah, you gotta call Crimpy Guy and more often on your internet sleuth, okay? <laughs> how 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 good are you at like uh tracking down normal people information yeah are you stalking normies or are you just are you just doing celebs like are you look- stuck in some normies it's like I said, but they're the people whose names i can't release to the public because they're normies right okay but i mean but yeah i got i got my eye on i got my eye on the moving to shake it to certain people yeah right oh god yeah. right. timelines you got to look at timelines you got to look at the whole feed people you got to look at the whole instagram feed you can't just look at the last three you got to look at the, all the way to the bottom well, I feel like this happened to me recently. I went on a date and gave them my first name and Fraser podcast, and then they found out everything about me from it. And, yeah. you know, it's like, it's a very real thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's the question that I guess that we have for you, uh, Crimping Iron. Is, right. uh You know, do you think, okay, you're out there, you're peeping, you're looking I'm at peeping. everybody. Oh, yeah. But you think they could be looking back? You know, are you using, do you have good operational security? Do you think people could reverse trace the call? You know, I'll tell you what. Are you keeping yourself safe? I'm trying. Yeah, because like, yeah. I'm trying my damnedest and my darndest, you know. There are keywords you don't want to say around your phone or your computer. Like, such as? Yeah, lay them on us. Now that we have our phone. Magic mushroom. Oh. (laughs) Okay. LSD. All right. at Antifa. <laughs> now, don't say it around your phone. Say it in your in your in a private room where your phones aren't in the room. I will tell you, a couple of years ago, I had my heart broken because I was talking in a room with my coworkers about ambergris. All right, I don't know if you know what ambergris is. Ambergris is the whale oil that they used to make perfume out of, yes. Thank you, thank you. You made that easier for me, and I appreciate it. As a man of the sea, I keep a pace of these things. That's right. All right, all right. I never knew, never searched it, didn't know what the hell it was. We were having a conversation. Next thing I know, I opened my phone. I had an ad about ambergris. Yeah, that's highly specific. Can you get ambergris anymore? Is it? Do you have to kill a whale in order to you, get you it? You have How to do... find it. You have to come across it. But it, somehow I had to add about ambergris on my phone. Weird. Uh-huh. I mean, it does smell really good. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, apparently it does. Yeah. It's like kind of. So all I'm saying yeah. is, after that happened, I, I realized I had to become the sleuth. And I feel like, so the people that, the normies you're sleuthing, like, is it a compliment or are you trying to take them down? Yeah, are you are you trying to cancel them? Are you get are you putting together a cancel mm. folder? Or is it a love folder? Which folder is it? Oh, or is it you cancel them if they don't love you back? Ooh, That's I gotta it. be That's honest, I, it doesn't. But by, by by the way, my voice sounds. You might not suspect it. There's actually a love folder. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. I'm not gonna name names. But no, also, you sound like I have been d- known. I have been known to attempt to cancel. I've been known. I've been known to attempt to cancel. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. All right. Okay. Well, I appreciate that it's a, a love folder. Okay. Hopefully, you won't cancel cancel us. You're scrolling. Oh no! 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 Never. <laughs> Thank you, crimping iron. Thank you. Uh, so, do Thank you want to manage it, or are you tr- yes. going to spiral you, out even you, more? I think Crimping Iron just wanted to call in to tell us what's going on out there. I mean, I mean, that sounds like we have someone. Blue. 
This this doesn't sound like somebody who uh, you know who needs our help. This sounds like someone whom whom we need helping us. This is, yeah, I'm, I'm glad Crippling Iron's on the team. Yeah, seriously. I, I, you know, I heard the call and I I answered the call and then you answered the call and now we're talking. So if you want to call me anytime, you can. I'm always out there because COVID. Now I have nothing better to do. Oh nothing man. Better to do. Well, I mean, it sounds like we're going to have to do, when we have to do some research or some deep dives, we'll definitely We'll definitely you. have yeah. to get Crimping Iron on the line. All right. Thanks for calling cool. in, Crimping Iron. This All is, right, uh, you too. What a delight. All right. That, what, a, what a treat. Well, not exactly advice. I don't even know how I would categorize sorry. that. I'm sorry. I misunderstood the prompt. But well, I love you, you, know, we, no, you know, You definitely you, told us about your stalker-like tendencies. Yeah. We're supporting them. We, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. <laughs> Trust your instincts, Crimping Iron, always. That doesn't go for everybody listening out there but for you yes <laughs> all right all right i'm gonna proceed all right all right have a good one thanks for calling in <laughs> okay bye. bye crimping iron ladies and gentlemen that was the crimping iron here on we're not listening <laughs> all right well we do have some actual advice questions in the mailbag the show's getting a little long but we'll do, let's do one let's give some okay, advice uh, was, so yeah. this is coming in from an anonymous source all right let's um, let, read it to us Molly. okay dear we're not listening podcast i've always had a touch of trouble with voyeurism uh-oh never in an intentionally creepy way i'm just curious about what people are getting up to i've seen a lot of wild since the pandemic started, however, I watch out my windows, which overlook a bustling downtown street and across to the stores and apartments on the other side. It initially felt a, a, like a bit of living vicariously through the people refusing to isolate or social distance, but I find it more and more I'm turning into or tuning into people I know will be out at certain times. It's often much more interesting than Instagram or Facebook. Is this a problem? Lots of love watching in Wisconsin. Watching in Wisconsin. Well, it doesn't seem like this person uh, is telling us what they're peeping on. Uh, okay, let me tell you what I think when I hear a message like this. And, and this is this is me reading between the lines. I acknowledge that I could be off base here. But it seems like this person is seeing some stuff that they don't want to tell us you know they're like oh i'm i'm you know i'm watching i'm like tuning in to what they're doing they're not saying what you know they're seeing yeah they're not talking about who they're looking at which makes me think that it, this is much more serious than they're making out yeah and i, I feel know, like it's played down it's yeah. like oh i'm i'm just like i'm frivolously just, looking out the window yeah it's this reeks absolutely stinks like ambergris of <laughs> rationalization right rationalizing and justifying because this person is watching their neighbor shower that's what we're <laughs> that's what we're talking about that's i feel like that's what they're not saying that's between the lines here so here's my advice from the we're not listening uh you know command fortress here where we're recording this from is stop it knock it off <laughs> stop it Move, move apartments, move to the ground floor where you can't look across. Well, I feel move to the countryside. Get your impulses under control. I feel like the the view in question of like bustling city life and people yeah, refusing in Wisconsin. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't Take know. that flyover country. <laughs> I haven't been to Wisconsin for quite a while. This is a Georgetown cocktail party show, all right. Uh, but I feel like uh, it's that um, 
the isolation of like the gnawing the gnawing oh the winter the winter gnawing yeah that like really gets to people because there's isolating in california and then there's isolating in a place where you can't even go outside anyway yeah well i've been seeing the people they do the outdoor dining uh, you know in these cold places and they have like a geodesic dome outside the restaurant and so they're just inside anyway you know but i don't know who cares i mean you know stop doing it i know you're peeping i want you to know that i know that you're peeping i kind of feel like you should just do it but don't don't be a prude about it well also yeah first off if you're gonna do it don't lie to yourself don't lie to me and now what you've done is you created a paper trail Honestly, like we're not gonna give your info out, but if we get a subpoena, we're gonna comply. We're gonna <laughs> All right. If this pod I'm like if this podcast gets a subpoena, I will comply. I'm not gonna uh. dime you I'm not gonna dime you preemptively, but just know that you made a cardinal error here. By trusting a Fraser podcast. Listen, it's not it's not a question of trust. It's don't leave a paper trail. You know, yeah. don't leave, you know, there's not a question of me trusting, you know, if the FBI needs to look in our, our Instagram DMs, they're going to look, that's the panopticon we live in, you know, I'm yeah. not going down to protect uh, some kind of Midwest peeper. All that's right. a cuter name, Midwest uh, peeper. Midwest peeper, well, watching in Wisconsin, it's alliterative at least, credit there, credit yeah. there. I, I, I guess like I feel a lot of empathy for this person and I'm just like, yeah, just watch the people if you can't go outside you know here's the thing like the dog looking out the window you know i try to practice a kind of radical empathy i try to practice you know empathy with with things that most people find utterly abhorrent and repellent and i (laughs) i I empathize here with watching in wisconsin okay but you know there's empathizing and there's condoning Okay. Right. Well, you know, I get the. I, on the one hand, I have the empathy, but on the other hand, you know, where do you draw the line? I think what it is is that it's it's. It uh, starts off as just watching. It start. There's James Elroy novels about this. It starts off as just watching, but then you know they go in, and then they're you know they break open the nightstand, and they're sniffing the panties. <laughs> And then where are we? And then where are we? Okay. It starts as just peeping and then it turns into B and E. That's breaking and entering. I feel a felony. Like, uh, a felony. If 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 it wasn't so um artfully written, like where it's like, I'm just minding my own business, but am I, then I would I wouldn't be as, as creeped out. Yeah. No, it's what's creepy about it is you know this person's not telling you the whole story. Yeah, it's yeah. practicing too much restraint. Yeah. So uh we're on to you. And uh, cut it out. <laughs> and thank you for writing yeah, to We're, we're not, not Listening. Yeah, well, what a great episode. It's four hours long. Yeah, this is a tw- this is a 12-month long episode. This episode is as long as the quarantine. <laughs> if you it's could go back. twice as long you know, as a Frasier episode. <laughs> go back in time to March of last year and start this episode, and it'll be over five <laughs> years from now when they finally let us out of our houses. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess we don't have a sign-off still. We never will. At this point, we never will. The show is over. Bye. Bye.